Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to The Weekly Movie Show with the boys Connor. Hello. And Benny. Hi there. We got some Star Wars news like last week. I'm, I'm really enjoying the Star Wars news. Oh wait, Obi-Wan's cancelled. It's all over. We'll be talking <laughs> Kathleen. about that. Maybe it's, maybe it's not that bad. We'll be talking about it. Captain Marvel as well. We've got some updates on the sequel Plus, as always, trailers, question of the week, all that good stuff coming up for you. And also, I just want to say, you, you guys like this shirt I'm wearing? Huh? I can't say that far. Huh? Mm. Come on. <laughs> Come on. D-Cast cares back. Hey. I like it. Well done. I, I love it. New, new, new context? Not, not working out the best for you? No, I'm just, I can only see <laughs> half of you right now. So sunburned <laughs> that his eyes yeah. have actually just started to peel off. Yeah, it's a lot of damage. <laughs> we, um, we're thinking about doing some merch, guys. So if you um, enjoy this T-shirt that I'm wearing, because I'm feeling pretty good, um, let us know because we, we can do a run or something if you guys want it. So let us know. If you want it, we'll make it happen. If we sell enough of those ones, the next one's just going to be Connor's head. Oh, dude. I will we, buy 10 of them straight we up. We're creative. <laughs> and then on the, on his forehead saying, I'm not around it. That would be a sick T-shirt. Or just different quotes. You could have yeah. like each other's dude. Um, quotes on our heads. Yeah. I would love it. I mean, there's enough area on your forehead as well. Oh, there's so much forehead. Let's not start talking about hairlines unless you want to get into it. Let's uh, So much forehead to go around. <laughs> let's catch up on what everyone's been watching. Benny. Yes. Let us know. We went to see a movie on the weekend. Uh, we did. We went and saw The Lighthouse, yep. um, which we will get into in our review later, I believe. Go check that out. Um, lot to talk about with that one. What a wacky movie. Um, Deserving of, of everything that's being said about it? I'm trying of, to keep it as vague as possible. <laughs> uh, well worth a watch yep. in terms of being um, quite yeah. an experience. I think love, or, love It or Hate It, it's well worth, worth a watch. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say a quick uh, RIP to Terry Jones, who passed away this week from uh, Monty Python. Uh, don't need to get dragged down into it, but um, I, I grew up watching the Pythons, uh, and he always struck me as uh, one of the, the warmest comedians out there. Do you know what? I had no idea he died. Uh, it was just it was after everywhere. our last episode, I believe, I think the next morning or something. Yeah. Um, completely miss that. Honestly. Yeah, I, they they were formative in in teaching me to laugh at anything and everything uh, that nothing was off limits and that the world can just be a really fun place. Um, so that was really really sad to wake up to. Uh, he was definitely my favorite of the two Terrys in recent years. Um, and what have I been watching this week? As you can see, I'm extremely sunburned. I've been spending most of my time just lying on the beach, um, so I haven't watched too much. But I checked out. Um, I heard some hubbub around the new series of Doctor Who, which has been airing for a few weeks. I've been really off the wagon on that one. Um, I I think I liked the last season a bit. I, I don't even remember it too well. Um, but I heard that the the current episode was kind of a game changer. So I I decided to catch up on like all five episodes of the season and the the, the special I missed out like a year ago. Um, and I accidentally just watched the brand new episode and skipped all those other ones. Um, <laughs> And sure enough, it was great. Cool. But now I don't know if I need to go back and watch the other ones. But um, yeah, so I'm kind of re-interested re in that again. Um, Who's the I, doctor at this stage? Um, uh, fuck, God damn it, George. The woman from Attack the Block. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, this, yes. This is Way her, to call him out like that. This is her second season currently. I was just thinking of it before the show as well. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I also re-watched a favorite of mine, um, Cabin in the Woods. Oh. Um, yeah. Which I'm so happy to report after... 
what my sixth or seventh viewing that it is still just as good or better as every other time I've watched it, which is so hard to find in a film. Um, That's one I've always believed all of the hype and more on. Uh, I just think that is one of the classics. It's a very rewatchable movie, if nothing else, but like just to look at that board and see all the little like hidden Mm. um, references to horror films and that. Everything about it seems so obvious on like, you know, your fifth watch, which of course anything would, but it it all, all just seems... I mean, you know, it just seems so well laid out throughout the entire film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I also watched another cool little thrillery horror one from last year, which I've been meaning to catch, uh, Ready or Not, Um, Mm -hmm. which you may remember is the one where the the new bride gets hunted by the the in-laws on the night of their wedding. Uh, This one was so much fun, really enjoyable, really cool, nasty little film um, with that just goes into very interesting directions. Um, And Samara Weaving... Um, was absolutely fantastic in the lead. Uh, I very much recommend this one. Sick. It would have been, it would have been on my um my honorable mentions. I think for last year, I almost put that on on the plane. Yeah. I decided. No, I said nah. That's... Benny's going to watch that one. He's gonna, <laughs> he can let, let me know. He's going to tell me if I should watch it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so that was me for the week. Hell yeah! I'm. I just watched the lighthouse this week. So over to you, Connor. Um, I've been checking out this very cool little series that my uh, fiance actually recommended to me. Um, it's not very often that uh, we watch something that she's watched and I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a bit of a, a unique experience. Um, it's uh, episodes uh, with uh, Matt LeBlanc and um, the woman from from Black Books. Can't remember her name. Mm. Anyways, friend, um, friend in the show. Friend, yes, exactly. That's her actual name. Um, look, it, it uh, is about two English writers that have uh, a series that ran for four seasons in the UK, and then the Americans want to come in and for them to develop an American version of that. Um, oh, the office. Yeah. And it, they get, uh, instead of the original person, they get uh, Matt LeBlanc to play the old, or the character's meant to be old and, and, and kind of witty. And then it's all, it's very kind of, um, in a lot of ways, very meta, very about the Hollywood scene and, and the dynamic between writers and producers and actors and, um, on the surface, it wasn't something I was wildly excited about checking out, but I absolutely fell in love with this series. Um, really excellent writing. Um, and there's a, an odd fascination with watching people play themselves. So Matt LeBlanc plays a, a guess, I guess, like kind of an exaggerated version of himself. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's... I don't know. It's kind of fascinating to see the someone play themselves. I don't know. I don't know how else to Rick, describe Ricky it. Ricky Gervais was involved in this. You're saying? Uh, I never said that. Um, the other day. I mean, I no, I know because uh, I think it would have been then. It would have been you, George, that mentioned that. Um, and I and I, I kind I of. Well, you said that. No, I never mentioned Ricky Gervais. Under the bus, George. One of you <laughs> said, "Oh, isn't Ricky Gervais a producer on that?" I was like, "Oh, maybe." And I checked it. He's not, by the way. Hmm. He's not. He's not involved. Is that how it went down? Huh? It seems as though. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, that it how it is. It would be something that. Uh, it would be something that he'd be involved in. But yeah, I couldn't find his name anywhere. Hmm. Um, it's uh, David Crane is one of the writers slash producers cool. who did Friends. Um, but yeah, just a re- really lovely little series. Nice. So you're saying a post Friends sitcom starring Matt LeBlanc is not only worth a watch but really good. Um. Yeah, like I mean, it depends on what you 
what your expectations are going into. I've been very clear that I didn't expect much from this series. Well, my expectations are a post-Friends sitcom yeah. starring Matt LeBlanc. So. It's, and I mean, look, look, it is very much a sitcom. Like, don't go in expecting something revolutionary. But it's it, it is it's light. It's funny. It's it's more well written than most cookie cutter um, sitcoms, which is kind of what this show takes the piss out of. Um, so sounds yeah. a lot like extras. It, yeah, certainly. it'd be very similar. Yeah. Extras, that was a killer show, man. Is Ricky Gervais involved in that, George? Yeah. You sure? <laughs> I'm pretty Just sure throw you said that, and I said, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that's been me. I've just been going through that. Very easy watching. Cool. I forgot I watched Oblivion. Ah. I saw that Blu-ray sitting uh, With Tom Cruise. I actually desk, cracked yeah. out a Blu-ray. Fuck, Blu-ray looks a lot better than Netflix. It really does, doesn't it? It looks so much more crispy. Yeah. Do you have a HD? Yeah, HDMI. No, 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 like uh, the HD Netflix. Um, How much do you pay a month? You definitely middle, have the HD. The middle tier one. Or There's four. You definitely have HD Netflix. We've watched movies on it before. Yeah, it's like the, the $15 one or something. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've got HD then. But any, even like Apple, even like buy, buying off uh, the Apple store. Mm. Really? Just any like, streaming stuff. Blu-ray looks fucking it's brilliant. It's just compressed. Actually. It's the, the, fa- the file compression is just done in a different way. I feel because this film looks absolutely gorgeous. Oblivion mm. also just looks gorgeous. Mm. Like, I mean, Killer there's that film. to be said for it. And in 2013, that is some ageless um, production design and uh, computer graphics. And a lot of people, you know, there's they were using some really revolutionary stuff. All that stuff they've been doing on Mandalorian. They did that with the um, their little deck that they live on. Mm-hmm. That little apartment. Um, they were using projection and instead of green screen they have kind of the image live there on the set at the time yeah which i remember they did for that movie with his his like little sky house set yeah um and which just makes it look so flawless and he can they cycle i watched the, the behind the scenes stuff and they're cycling through it's like here's nighttime mm. here's daytime oh, here's sunset and it's like but it, makes it, it makes the perspective also look a little bit um better in terms of at least from my um, in that it doesn't like there's always that green screen kind of blur around the windows and that you just kind of tell that it's been mm. cut in there um, and the reflection of the glass as well yeah there's no green reflection mm. you know it's all what it what was it supposed to be and I think that's what made the Mandalorian look so great as well so much of that I've can't believe how much of that was shot in that way. It's it's pretty insane technology. So anyway, Oblivion, literally the story sucks. <laughs> like that story, like the first half hour is cool, but the second half is just really, really average. But the film looks so good, it gets away with it. I haven't watched it since it came out. I remember liking it through and through. Um, Give it another crack. Every bit of it, all right. <laughs> Maybe I won't. Visually, it's just that good though. Writing, yeah. it's, it's like pretty average. And pacing wise as well. It really, it could use a 15-minute little hack. Just listen to M83 hack for 15 out of there. minutes. You're fine. Huh? Just sit back and listen to M83 for 15 minutes. It's fine. Especially the bit where he's like swimming around in the lake and there's no music playing and he's staring at the sun and it's going on. It's character and building, on, George. And Jeez. On. Stop being such a negative. Let's catch up on the news. On to the news. All right. Got a big, big week. Yeah. Fucking toasty week this week. Uh, first up, Captain Marvel is officially getting a sequel set for a 2022 release. Um, Disney has entered final neg- negotiations with Megan McDonnell, who is the story, edi- ed- story editor for WandaVision, which is a bit random, um, to write the film. 
um, with no director currently attached. Uh, all we do know is that Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck are not returning, the directors of the first film. Um, I don't. I haven't heard a single person kind of be like, oh, but their unique yeah. vision was what really made that movie. Um, they didn't add much to it, unfortunately, because I, I really liked their previous film, uh, Mississippi Grind. Story edits is an interesting position. It's not something I'd ever really considered. Mm. Also, it's just another... Um, another kind of step that they're taking in this, this new, new phase that is um, Scarlet Witch being a huge linchpin, kind of like they're taking the story editor from that show, which is apparently going to be also doing that kind of multiverse um, stuff that they're looking at making important going forward. And they're bringing that into the, one of their kind of premier franchises. It's interesting to see where they're going. Yeah. And, and, you know, in one way, like I'd like to see um, Megan McDonald's um, portfolio to see, you know, how much has she done in writing? Meet cute. Sorry, I just wait. I I, I am I I am BD'd her. She's mm. directed one film. Um, oh, cool! Or a video short. Um, produced okay, one cool. which was Meet Cute, and then she was a miscellaneous crew on the Perceivers. But her her um her uh, let's say resume. As yep. far as I can understand it, and this is a different Megan McDonnell, yeah, is is incredibly short. Because what I'm curious to see is um, is Marvel going down a pathway of you know we've seen often taking a younger filmmaker and younger writers and whatnot and bring them into the fold early, but you know they just got rid of Scott Derrickson or or whatever happened down there. No, sorry, he left the project due to creative differences. <laughs> yeah. But like what's going under on underneath the hood here? Are Marvel sort of getting more and more and more involved that it's actually stifling the creativity? Um, you know, are they picking up a lot, people a lot earlier on their film journey? Um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe nothing like that's happened. And, but it's just some, there seems to be a, maybe a little bit of a pattern forming. Yeah. Do they have any returning directors for this phase? Other, than, um, other than Taika and... Uh, uh, Guardians uh, Galaxy, which is a kind of a more complicated one. Yeah, so I mean, two is probably big, and they're not small directors either. I mean, particularly Taika with the success of, um, you know, Jojo Rabbit and all his other films. Like, you know, he's not, he's not a he's a heavy hitter now. Well, he, he's certainly becoming one, and and he's kind of off the. Uh, well, I was going to say be off the beaten track. He's not anymore, but I mean, like he's he's fairly, I guess, whimsical in his style. So he doesn't seem like the good company man, essentially. Um, so th- that would be the only spanner in the works in terms of, um, the, I, I guess, the idea that they're just grooming talent and and kind of creating directors and writers and and things like that. Um, I feel like they're this. If anything, it shows that they're diversifying across the range. You I know, think it's finding awesome. people that don't have a lot of experience getting people that do have a lot of experience. Yep. Um, you know, people that are working in different genres. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Hopefully and- it pays off. Cause it's been a long time since we've been without the kind of guiding hand of both Marcus and McFeely and the Russo brothers kind of rallying the entire franchise to a degree. Like 2013, I think was Marcus and McFeely's first one with Thor, the dark world. Yeah. And Russo brothers would have been 2014. Right, they did the Dark World with Winter Soldier. They wrote that one. That was the first one. Yeah, wow. That's why it was so interesting that that had such a big part in uh, Endgame. Yeah, well, you know, it would be great to hear if Megan McDonald is like a few years down the track, 
one of the you know she takes the sort of helm and one of the shepherds and and is shepherding the projects through exactly mm-hmm. uh, we're in a totally we might be getting new a, phase. a little bit ahead of ourselves so far <laughs> well well who knows that's um, the thing they're just kind of in a position where they don't have that right now for the first time in a long time yeah. so and they and would be looking within Marcus that, and McFeely weren't exactly a big name no I don't <laughs> think they have anything of notes under their belts other than the Marvel films so they were kind of plucked out of obscurity. So a bit more to the point, how are you feeling about a Captain Marvel sequel? Because this is, I like the way they're kind of not announcing these films in the big announcement. They're kind of just laying yeah. them down bit by bit. I'm curious um, to see Captain Marvel again because I'm not sure where I'd land on it. Yeah. I think I'd enjoy it a lot more. Than <laughs> yeah. I First think. viewing was like, that was great. And then like six months down the line, it's like, I hate that movie. Yeah, <laughs> so I, you, you I, think, I think I'm at like, I, I know I would enjoy it if I chucked it on mm. more because yeah. it was a cool movie, but there was just not have it doesn't have that sort of the legs that you want a Marvel film to have. For it's me. like how you know you'd enjoy a Domino's pizza if you ate one tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't so feel so good about it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. That's I am. Um, I, 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 I had a bit of a roller coaster with that film because when I first saw it, particularly in the light of everyone saying they hated it before they had even seen it, like we saw a lot of that being like, "Oh, mm. screw this movie," and we're like, "All right, you can sit the fuck down." Um, and so I, I had a very like positive experience, and then. The more I thought about that film, the less I liked it. And I kind of curved down. Mm. And then I just ended up somewhere in the middle being like, eh, it's certainly not one of my favorite Marvel movies. So we know, the only thing we know about this one is it's going to be set in the present day, mm-hmm. um, which means at this point, Carol Danvers will be post Endgame, just a galactic uh, superhero, I guess. It's hard, I can't even imagine what direction they're going to go with this. I'm... I'm th- <sighs> Very interested to see what they will do in terms of like the, the, the big question, and it's never really been answered is, you know, is she like her powers are kind of maxed. It seems like they've maxed out. What challenges are they going to present to her that are going to be fulfilling from a character point of view while also being fulfilling from a, just a, a story point of view? Like a, Internet trolls. Yeah, just wow. her flying around beating up trolls the whole time. I'd yeah. be very happy. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much cosmic power you have. Internet trolls are still annoying. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I could take it or leave it at this point. Yeah, she's she's all the way down the bottom next to like Doctor Strange as the characters I'm going to least interested in seeing come back. You're not uh, interested as, in the as, second as a, as Doctor a lead. Strange film? Now I am. I, I mean that more from when his movie first came out um, before we got all the end game and Infinity War stuff, which I think really beefed up him yeah. as a character yes. um, beyond that first but film. But I remember re-watching Doctor Strange and having the same feeling that I was talking about before where I thought I was not going to enjoy it and mm. I enjoyed it way more. Mm. So I think Captain Marvel's in that little yeah. I was sphere. always a bit more happy with um, Doctor Strange than I think at least you, Ben. Mm. Um, yeah, when we were watching Underwater, you know, nothing against Brie Larson. I think she actually did a great job in the role. Um, I've got no problem with her, but I, I thought Christian Stewart with her blonde hair and her look, she would have been a sick Captain Marvel mm. and maybe been a little less, you know, Brie Larson's kind of got that girl next door, American girl kind of vibe to her, whilst Christian Stewart's a little more edgy mm. and alternative. Mm-hmm. That could have been an interesting little ingredient to add in there with, you know, Captain Marvel's like the perfect being in a lot of ways and the 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 feminist angle they were kind of leaning kind of leaning into um it would have been interesting to see someone to see them cast someone who's kind of had to deal with just a lot of misogyny um, throughout her career yeah um 
yeah. So anyway, don't care about this movie. <laughs> Hot take. Yeah. Done? Done. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. All righty, next up, let's get back to Star Wars. Following on from Ooh, last week, uh, just briefly, the Star Wars Episode Nine leaks that we went through last week have been confirmed by Colin uh, Trevorrow. Uh, he basically just went on Twitter and responded to someone asking about some of the concept art, um, specifically the one where um, R2 kind of had his brains blown out on the battlefield. Um, and he was just saying... Um, yes, this is from Jewel of the Fates, so he confirmed the title and um, that that was his script. And he just wanted to clarify that he didn't, he wasn't going to kill R2. He was just damaged. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Never. So, we were all pretty much aware that this was legit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What would you guys think of the leaks concept art? Cool. Yeah. Very cool, man. Um, Quite dark. There's, mm. yeah. And actually, like, dark as in the palette chosen. It wasn't a bright, shiny JJ it was like lots of browns coruscant looked withered and mm. i was i was pretty pumped on it um yeah i it, it you know I, I i spoke to you guys about this last week all this um all the releasing of of the concept art of the leaked uh, script notes everything like that it makes me um i i really hesitate to get too excited about it um, largely because I think that you can boil down a lot of movies to basic plot points and basic concept art. And you would think that, oh yeah, that would be a really cool movie where in reality it's everything in between that actually makes it a good film. Cause there's a lot of films with really great beats and really great visuals for particular scenes that culminate in a, in a fucking mess. And my example that I gave to you was quite close to home with regards to this script, which is the Phantom Menace, I've always thought, um, or any of the the prequels on concept levels are really cool. Like if you were to talk about the prequels um, just kind of casually, if you describe those films to someone, they would probably be more or less really interested in seeing that film. So there's these things called midi chlorians. I mean, but that's that's not even like Jar Jar walks into Tatooine. It's <laughs> a poopy. Those are things that are. This he is, gets this his tongue exactly, stuck in the pod This race. is exactly what I'm talking about. These are things that are in between, right? You could, I could show you. No, no, um, but it says that in the fancy yeah, script. Yeah, yeah. But it we haven't it, seen bro. this is the thing. We haven't seen the Duel of Fate script. We have some script notes. We have basic beats. <laughs> I completely agree with you. And I think it's hard to compare apples to oranges. Yeah. Um, I think you can't really go ahead and say... This would have been a better this film. This would have been better, but... This would have been a better <laughs> film, God <damn laughs> But having said that... <laughs> so, yeah, I'm trying to, like, tame yeah. my, like, excitement at seeing some of this concept art. Because if I think about it, like, that... Just take that scene with Palpatine uh, fucking uh, lightning, force lightning the entire... Yeah, that was sick. ...fleet. That... On a concept level, that on a visual level, it's just fucking awesome. Unfortunately, it's after someone briefly just said, oh, by the way, Palpatine's back. Yeah, it was good. I like that bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like one of my favorite that, bits. You, you like that little bit of exposition? <laughs> yeah. With, uh, followed up back. with the uh, hold door maneuver? Um, uh, on the Fortnite. Yeah. The dead speak. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. Times we're living in. Yeah. Uh, that 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 was a writer giving up. That was honestly, you could just tell what that was. The end of the day, and someone's like, "Fuck no, it." That was Kathleen Kennedy inking a deal, being like, "If this does another solo, four hundred million, at least we got this Fortnite money in the background." Fucking hell. We got some more Star Wars news. Yeah, we yeah. do. Um, so we found out uh, 
just just a little bit after recording last week, I think that um, Obi Wan series writer Hussein Amini is reportedly no longer attached to the project as Disney wishes to overhaul the scripts. Um, now this kind of exploded on the internet from exploded every level. Is one word for it. saying, uh, ranging from like the series is is gonna gonna meet its due date. It's fine. They're just pushing back shooting. To it's cancelled and Kathleen Kennedy or Star Wars is over forever. <laughs> Um, Ewan McGregor has actually come in and, and talked about the rumors um, on the Birds of Prey kind of press tour. Uh, he said it just slept, slipped to next year. That's all. Instead of shooting this August, they just want to start shooting in January. That's all. It's nothing more dramatic than that. Uh, then he follows up with another one. I think the scripts are great. Um, they're in really good shape. They want them to be better. I think we keep our same air date. All good. So this could be anything from... Damage control to damage control to him being completely honest and not knowing what's going on behind the scenes necessarily to everything kind of just being okay. Yeah, and and the Hollywood Reporter had an exclusive saying it's due to the fact that the plot points were similar to the Mandalorian, mm. so they were basically saying that in the Obi wan series he found a young Luke of sorts similar to Baby Yoda and was there to protect him throughout the series, and they just thought it was too much. Of a copy paste, and that's um, that's completely fair. Like if if you know, get your ducks if, in a row is all I'm saying. Yeah, if if you're looking at that from a producer standpoint, saying, "Hey, we've just released this other property that is very much how long similar. has that been in the cookbook though? How long has Mandalorian been fl- those scripts been does, floating does around? Does the Star Wars Two, universe strike mm. you as the kind of universe that is has someone at the helm that is really? thinking about continuity. Like it's not like Marvel universe where Definitely you've got not. Feige who, who's looking at all the different tendrils. And even if they miss a lot of tendrils, there's obviously someone saying, these are the beats that we need. This is the direction that these projects need to go in. Star Wars feels far more haphazard. It's very clear that it, it is. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if this is, you know, there's the- one thing about continuity though, and there's a whole other thing about like just bullet points in a story. Like, hey, we've got these two scripts. One's about to go into fucking production, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of similarities here. Like, maybe, you know, I'll bet you and, someone including that, that- Deborah Chow coming from Mandalorian, who's going to bring a lot of that tone and feel. Because it was so successful. I'll bet you that, you know, this is just my, uh, no, nothing to back this up on, but I'll, I'll bet you it was someone that penned that script well before they knew what was going on with The Mandalorian, what the plot points of that would be, had penned this script, were working around it, and then when The Mandalorian came out, because they're really close to the project, they probably would have just been like, it's not that similar. Because, you know, if, if you've spent the last year penning a script or, or doing whatever like that, it's sometimes hard to be ob- uh, objective. Like, no, totally. mine's totally different. It's about but different who about characters. the person you're handing the different... script into who's like giving you the notes? It's on them. And I, I truly if think. That, if, if that is even the case, if that's because I mean, that we, we don't even have confirmation. I we mean, don't. according to we Ewan don't. McGregor, scripts are fine. So. Yeah. He I, did. He did confirm that they that Disney wants them to be better though. So hmm. they're definitely Which doing could mean some anything. some rewrite stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't believe we're getting a goddamn. Cassie and Andor series before they can get this shit worked out. Are we actually getting a Cassie yeah. and Andor? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's that's coming. locked in for 2021, baby. With Son of a bitch. K2SO. I mean, surely even the people who love Rogue One are like, I don't really need a prequel of a prequel. <laughs> okay, so you know in Collider's um, top 10 Star Wars film, Rogue One was number five or number four or something. Mm. 
Like everyone froths Rogue One. People, a lot of people really like it, but I there's, there's that, mixed opinion on it. Honestly, really happy. Yeah, um, you liked it the most out of us. Yeah. I feel like you've gone more positive over time. I don't think so. Okay. There's a lot to say for that film. I think there's a lot of things that they did right. Um, but yeah, you, you know. The movie makes me angry. I, I, <laughs> I just barely um, am okay with uh, the Obi-Wan series um, simply because of Ian McGregor. There's the, the, that kind of place in pop culture that, that him playing that character fits in. Um, anything beyond that, I've, I've been really clear. I want nothing to do with, um, with the, the Skywalker timeline, like the, from Phantom Menace to, um, Rise of Skywalker, that time period in this universe, I think should just, they should just wipe their hands of it. Even amongst, even amongst just Rogue One, like Cassian Andor would be like the fifth or sixth or seventh character I'd want to see more of. Yeah, from exactly. That. Um, like Gibby Bays and uh, whatever the names were, Donnie Yen, Donnie and Yen. his this, mate. Dude. This kind of links into it because just before I came to the podcast, um, I chucked something on YouTube and I wanted to ask you two this, this question. In the entirety of Star Wars, what what is the best lightsaber battle put to screen? Ben? Uh, depends on how you define it because I would say The Last Jedi, Throne Room, Yes, yeah. it's no, it's not like a lightsaber on lightsaber battle, but yeah. I think it's fucking that's fair enough. Beautiful. George? It would have to be on an emotional level. Sure, it would have to be Return of the Jedi, but yeah. on like holistically, mm-hmm. it'd have to be Phantom Menace, dude. Yep. Um, okay. I, I was watching this just before I got here. Knights of the Old Republic trailers. Oh yeah, the twins. Oh my god, the twins or the other one. The um, how good is that twins trailer? Oh, that just makes just, that into a fucking movie, dude. <laughs> I literally it it re it sparked uh, a desire that I knew I had, but it just reignited it so um, intensely. Intensely, just this like there is really good content here that it that exists outside the Skywalker timeline thing. Like, you know, it's 4,000 years in the past. God, expand on this. You could do 10 years I, worth of content just I, in that era. I saw a, a it might have just been a clickbaity headline, but apparently EA was looking in, or Electronics Art, Electronic Arts was looking at making a redo of, of the Knights of the that. Old Republic. Yep. Um, you know, awesome if they are, but just those trailers alone, um, uh, feel more Star Wars than than any of these these uh, like it, it feels more Star Wars than the Mandalorian and ev- I know everyone loves that and I love I, I love the Mandalorian but I would I would happily fuck off every single season to come of Mandalorian if it meant that people could work on that project Knights of the Old Republic project Definitely. as a TV series or as a um, uh, a movie. I think it'll swing in that direction too, because I can see why they wanted to move further away from the prequels and and just be really true to the original trilogy with this new trilogy. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense in every way. But um, just the reception that this has gotten and all the people coming out of the woodwork who are of an age now where they're the main demographic they want to catch, and they love the prequels now, um, or you know always did, but are more vocal about it now. Um, I, I think it'll kind of, you know, go back and forth 
on, on where it's examining. I surely hope it doesn't um, go in this, towards in the this prequels, franchise. <laughs> no, but in, in terms of being more about the Jedi and, and yeah. that world and less about the original trilogy stuff and characters. Yeah. And look, I if they, if they want to do stuff that's outside of of Knights of the Old Republic, I'm fine. Just don't go back to the same characters. Like I just I think it's such a cowardly move to do this Cassian Andor. Actually, it's so cowardly. Just just fucking Old Mate take a risk. He's been in this since <laughs> he was seven. <laughs> Anyways, of 11 let's or... move on <laughs> to, Anyways, to happier news, Ben. You're going to give me some happier news, right? I am. I'm going to give you a more stable <laughs> franchise, actually, or a franchise uh. that maybe is in a better place. Uh. Um, Paramount is developing two new Transformer movie scripts at the same time, uh, including one that may serve as a spin-off of Bumblebee. A spin-off of a spin-off. Spin-off of a spin-off. Wacky. What would you even spin-off from Bumblebee? I don't know. These are two separate scripts that are uh, potentially two different h- timelines or two different universes essentially mm. of transformers movies well i feel like bumblebee was two different universes of transformers movies in one movie yeah um bumblebee all right he's driving along san francisco bridge cars everywhere explosions and then the bridge the golden gate bridge starts here? folding up i'm pitching <laughs> starts Lord. folding into a um, fucking uh-huh. huge transformer oh my and God. it's some other shit happens. they already <laughs> revealed in number five that planet earth is a transformer so oh, i don't know when i don't did know that happen at the end really? it, yeah it was um, wasn't it like mother something or other no it was the i, I don't know that much about I transformers it was like a serpent. Or, wasn't there a serpent the in there cube. somewhere Stop trying to remember that movie you know you won't be able to <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> fuck it hell uh, what is uh, it at any rate Mini cons. Um, you two were uh, certainly a lot more positive on Bumblebee than I was. I didn't. I, like I that enjoyed film. Bumblebee. It was okay. Um, it was okay. Uh, the um, I I honestly think that this series just needs to be put to bed. Um, obviously it won't be because they were really like everyone was really impressed with Bumblebee. But um, if you were head of Paramount, you would not be saying this needs to be put to bed. You'd be saying get that shit pumping. Mm. How many other franchises uh, yeah. do you have to lean into? What else can you do? Ninja Turtles. G.I. Joe. Your Connor's like, we're well, going all in. They're doing that as well, so don't worry. They, they, they are focus. doing all of these things, yeah. Clearly exploring all routes. Um, God, all the, all the franchises that they got saddled with. Fucking hell. Hey, um, Transformers has done very, very well for them. Used to, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bumblebee did well. It did, yeah. What was it, 400 million? Uh, yeah, uh, heading towards five, I think. Yeah, it's decent. Um, look, either way, I'm I'm not terribly interested in seeing more of this no. this franchise. I think um, transforming robot cars has has probably been done to death over the last decade. So how dare I'm, you? Sir. I'm happy for them to let that one rest for a while. My I'm, only, I'm oddly my... enough more excited for a Snake Eyes movie than I am for this. I'm curious to see where that goes. Wow. My my only caveat would be because I I do agree with you would be that um. The series has been so unbelievably dominated by one voice and one style, being, of course, Michael Bay, who's done every movie except Bumblebee. Um, and I think Bumblebee was a real breath of fresh air. I thought it was a lot of fun. And That opening sequence rocked. Yeah, and very different to Michael Bay's films. Yeah. Um, so it would be interesting to see more of these from just other creators, maybe more lower-budget ones as well, like, like Bumblebee was. Um, so I don't want to write it off completely just yet because it, it has been so limited in scope, what we've seen. We've seen the same yeah. movie five times and then Bumblebee. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, it, it's true. Taika Waititi's Transformers. <laughs> just yeah, shoot bring it now. on. People would go nuts San for that. San Francisco. <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> cool. What's Set next? in the 40s. All right. Um, 
Next. Steampunk Transformers. They, Sorry. They, they've already done all that shit in the fucking Bane <laughs> movies, man. Remember when, remember when um, Bumblebee was a Nazi hunter in World War II? Despite oh, like yeah. coming to Earth in the happen? first movie. I don't In like the fourth one. Fuck, really? Who can keep up? Or well, the fifth one. It was the fifth one. I thought it, no, that yeah, was, it was the bu- fifth that one. That was Bumblebee. No, it was the fifth one when they established that there was like the, the clan of Whit- Whit- the Witwickens who went all throughout history. <laughs> Fuck you. I swear this happened. Anyway, <laughs> they had that really funny photo I of Shia LaBeouf. I think that we should. Wit-wickens. The Witwickens. You yeah, remember that? We should be true, forced to true. watch those films again. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> We've made a pact I, I never like to on, on our worst of the year episodes. <laughs> Um, anyway, next up, J.J. Abrams's Bad Robot, through its new uh, deal at Warner Media, is exclusively developing both film and TV ideas based off DC's Justice League Dark Universe at Warner Brothers. Um, so this is interesting timing for this announcement, I feel, just because I never thought I would see, like, J.J.'s been, the worst you could say about him is he's maybe a slightly divisive figure, but he's been pretty well received as a producer and director over the years. But right now, he's probably in his lowest point after... After this new Star Wars film, hundred percent. Um, so was this was this, you know people were a bit iffy on him after the second Star Trek. Oh yeah, that this that's probably rivals this period. Yeah, I wouldn't say that movie had as much exposure as this though, or as much expectation. Yeah. Um, whereas this is one of the you know the big things in yeah. the world, and and everyone's kind of like, it's like such a weird position because everyone. Well, I mean, there was a vocal group who hated the last one so much. And now there's so many people who hate this one as well. And some people are converting to like the last one now and hate this That's one. That's been the weirdest thing. It's like so many people hated. Not many, I assume. Yeah. But- so many people hated um, The Last Jedi. And then when this came out, they were like, I can't believe you didn't expand upon The Last Jedi. And I'm here sitting thinking like, I agree with you, but where the fuck were you like a year ago? So anyway, interesting start point for this this project, which is in very, very early days, but George, I know you and I both at least love the concept of Justice League Dark. Guillermo del Toro tried to get one going a few years back. Um, and I generally do really like Bad Robot's output. So I think this is a really cool um, thing. I'm trying to think what Bad Robot has done over the years. I mean, they oh, like the, he's produced quite a bit. Outside of, you know, the normal JJ Productions the, and, and the Roboto. Or, well, it would or all be JJ all Productions because that's his production. All the company. JJ stuff. The Cloverfield um, Yeah, Matt Reeves. Movies, he's done a few things. With. Matt Reeves stuff, yeah. Um, a lot of small Mission stuff. Impossible. Um, Overlord, I think, was them. Listen, I think the thing with with um, Overlord. Okay, see, I didn't love Overlord, uh, but you know, there's that stamp of approval, right? It's mm. always going to look good. It's going to yeah, it's going to be a, the box. a funky little genre piece that other companies may not be producing so much. But it may have a little bit of its soul sucked out of it. Mm. It might be a little mystery boxy. One note. <laughs> yeah, it might not have the nuance that you're looking for. So I I go in with like I think this sounds awesome. Mm. Uh it's a great combination of of IP and and talent. For anyone who doesn't know and if the the name doesn't give it away, Justice League Dark is the DC's kind of supernatural answer to the the Justice League team. You're like Constantine and Etric and the Demon and um, more of a horror edge to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swamp thing and, and Dark whatnot. and gritty. And that's where no, the Delta not dark and gritty. <laughs> <laughs> Dark and, dark I, and I said supernatural. <laughs> um, um, Del Toro's name attached to that just sounded so quirky and Del Toro-y. Yeah, he's because he's kind of the opposite of their brand, which is like a lot less of a guarantee of quality, but a lot more character. Yeah. So I get a little bit like, okay, this is going to be super vanilla, 
Um, is it going to have that like edge that I want from a Justice League Dark? Mm. The Maybe way th- not. The way that I look at it, it's you're probably going to get the um, the same quality of sheen on it as you would have gotten with a Snyder film, um, yeah. but just with better writing and production. Why did you say that name? But but what about the what about um, who was it? Was it Roberto Orki who went to to the the Mummy remake? Um, no, that was, was the other uh, dude. the other the other guy. The other dude, <laughs> yeah, the other dude in the duo. Mm. He, like that was that was a similar kind of thing like ip the rad robot uh, alumni attached to it you know obviously we can't put all the blame on this? him like uh, listen i'm saying don't be surprised if we get that if tom cruise's mummy turns up in this if, it's more of a, i mean but it's, if, it's if gonna, you think about it that would probably be better than like if you look at batman versus superman and you look at that Universe. I will watch Batman vs Superman ten times more over my lifetime than the Mummy. I will yeah. never see the Mummy again. I Batman vs Superman. Wait, seriously, definitely had you. a vision to it at least. Batman vs Superman is a train wreck of it interest. Didn't, it didn't mammoth proportions. Yeah, it, it felt less like there was you know studio executives trying to smooth over the edges of it. Like that was a fucking weird movie for for a major release like that. You've you've turned me around on this. Um, <laughs> so soon. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No. You, I think. I think you make a good point that the bad robot does feel a little too um too vanilla to be doing something that you'd kind of want from more of an underground creator, maybe. And you know, it's like the general audience crowd pleaser, mm. and and that's what you need to do in the cinema. You need bums in seats. That's mm. the the vision. But yeah. then when it comes to TV, you know, I'm gonna want something a little bit different. I hope they kind of go more of the TV route because I really liked Same. what they did with Swamp Thing on TV, even though they cancelled it after the first episode aired. Um, but then um, they they, they, they referenced it in the Crisis on Infinite Earths recently. They were why showing all you, the different universes and they showed the, it in What there. is the point of doing that? Mm. Yeah, why, why do you let put it that air, release? let people talk about it? Gauge it. Mm. You've spent all that capital. It's coming out anyway. We talked about this on the show. Apparently it was like a reflex move because there was some weird tax stuff going on, but... Um, Oh really? Who knows? Maybe it'll continue in some form. That Maybe that version of it will somehow leak into one of these things. But uh, inch. yeah, who can say? Anyway, Warner Brothers is all over the place right now because they're working with um, HBO Max as well. Yep. That new platform yeah. that's launching. Yeah. They got like a Green Lantern yeah, show. Hold on to that, Greg, Greg Belanti. Yeah, good on them. <laughs> Spreading far, <laughs> far and wide. Um, Universal and Blumhouse are developing a new version of the thing that will adapt the long lost original novel Frozen Hell. Um, now that original novel was uh, released as as a much shorter um, novella um, titled "Who Goes There," which was then uh, adapted into th- the thing from another world from 1950 something 51, which is then remade into John Carpenter's The Thing, the most famous version uh, mm-hmm. of the project. But just uh, two years ago, they actually discovered the original manuscript for the original novel, um, which uh, Blumhouse is now going to be making into a new film. Um, I'm glad I'm, it's not like we're doing the thing because yeah. I do like the sequel. I've got a soft spot for that. It's not amazing. So do I actually. The, it's, it's, it's by no means a perfect movie. You mean like the but, 2011? Yeah. The, yeah, the prequel. The Mary Elizabeth Winstead one. Yeah. yeah. That was just called The Thing. Yeah. And I, 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 but I love the, the 82, yeah. the, the thing. But the, the, the sequel is fine. It's, it's not bad. It's, if, like I can understand why people are, are mad. If they stuck with the original 
practical effects yes. that they actually fully made for that film, yeah. I think it would be quite a notch above Wh- where it is. Why did they do that? I don't know. <laughs> I'd love to see that other version. There's a lot of footage on it on, online. I've, I've found some really cool oh, stuff. Yeah. Cool. I'll send it over to you. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's such a sad story. Yeah. God, I think it's such a funny film. Uh, but <laughs> So this will, it'll be interesting to see how much crossover there is between the original, you know, the original novel, the short story, then the yeah. remakes. Yeah, I'm thinking this will be very much a standalone thing. I don't know how much connection there is between Carpenter's version and the original novel. I think it's from 1938. I can't. Have you ever looked at the synopsis of the original film or anything? No. Or sorry, the original novel. No. no. So don't expect Kurt Russell to turn up. Unfortunately, oh. I always do in every movie, and he so rarely does. Um, but then sometimes he does, and it turns into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. So you're very disappointed. Anyway, excited for this. Yeah. Also, whatever Blumhouse, Blumhouse lends their hand to, I'm yeah. always there. Hell yeah. Next up, Ben Wishaw has teased that No Time to Die connects all of Daniel Craig's Bond films. So, oh God. This is probably <laughs> the most uh, non-cued-in comment, I think. Of, like, is it just us, or is there a general sentiment that the whole it was me all along twist is fucking terrible out of Spectre? I'm pretty sure the only reason. I'm, no, I'm pretty sure the only reason people don't rail more against Spectre is because it was just so forgettable and crap that yeah. they didn't care that much anymore. So why is he coming out being like, "Hey, the gimmick that you hated in the last film, we're doubling down." This on one's going to have an even bigger abandoned building with even more yeah. photocopies of other actors who aren't in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> with little red lines between. Just, That's just, a bingo. <laughs> oh my god. This this comment. The, I mean, the 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 what he's saying. Is fine. He's whatever. hustling, dude. He's hustling. But it's just, it's hustling so for deaf. His movie. Like, I just feel it's like he's deaf to the, the general sentiment of, of how people reacted to that previous film. Yeah, I don't um, think anyone liked it. Um, I mean, I'm kind of okay with them bringing back Christoph Waltz in this one. Sure. I mean, you've already they don't have there. to. It doesn't have to be the same thing as last time. He can just be the Hannibal Lecter figure in this movie. You might but... as well own it. You fucked up. Just <laughs> cop it and move on. Just but ride, um, ride the wave. Yeah, I just I don't know I don't I don't know why they think that they need to roll that gimmick out again. I know. How many viewers even remember all of the Craig Bond films? I haven't even seen one of them. I don't do that with franchises very often. But I which one haven't you seen? Don't again? see Quantum. You can of you can guess which one. Yeah, Is it Quantum. Yeah, <laughs> don't see that shit. No, no, no need to. Uh, anyway, apparently the movie's also going to be three hours long, reportedly, which is Good uh, fucking Lord. about half an hour longer than the longest one, which is Casino Royale. Kerry Fukunaga's going to have to bring in the fucking goods, baby. Uh, yeah, I really Three hours good. of Bond. Oh, that's stretching it, mate. Yeah, like even Casino Royale, which is absolutely one of the best Bonds, it does have that fourth act, which yeah. is like, there's a lot more movie on this fucking thing yeah. than I remember. Yeah. Anyway. Finally, just very quickly, Netflix has announced a Witcher animated film, The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf, from uh, the series creator and one of the writers, and to be animated by Studio Mur, who did uh, Legend of Korra and Voltron, The Legendary Warrior, which was one of the best-looking anime series. You love the look of that one. Gorgeous, yeah. Um, So this is really cool. They're obviously coasting on the popularity of this show and have gotten this together very quickly. I'm sure this will be out well before season two. Good work. No real word on uh, if the cast will be returning to voice this or if it's going to be in continuity. But given that the the showrunner's there, I think it's a fair bet it will be. Must be a fun time to be at Netflix. Mm. It's like, hey, this show's popping off. Like, Let's just commission some more shit. Just like you go and make some shit happen. Mm. Pitch it. We're going to do this. There's this. Yeah, we're doing that. Here's the money. Go. 
Like, that's fucking cool. And it's not like, I don't know if it'll always be like that at Netflix. Yeah. I don't think it has been very much like that. I mean, if you're Raphael Bob Waxberg, you're probably not too happy about um, your super popular show, Bojack Horseman, just being cancelled out of nowhere. Oh, did it go cancelled completely? Yeah. They, 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 they do that. They, it's like their yeah. model. They, they, they do like three good, they do seasons. three seasons. Yeah, but... They, and, and some spin-offs as well. Like, I mean, it's no, totally, pretty But successful. it's one of their most... Po- exactly. So it's weird that they just pull the rug on these things. They do it with a bunch of other shows as well mm. that are less kind of notable but you know yeah. they'll do three seasons of a show that's doing well and they'll just cancel it because they've got it there on the platform forever i don't think I, they feel the need to do more of it i guess that almost leans into what i was saying even more to say like they're they're not a hulking vessel that takes 50 years to pivot you know they're making split second decisions mm. for better or worse mm. and i think it's, that, it's interesting you know interesting. We, we always have the complaint we're always talking about how seasons like they the later seasons they just drag and like you, you, you get this really bad feeling when you watch a TV series that you love just be allowed to limp on with subpar storylines. And, and so, I, you know what? Fuck it. You know, let's, let's you know, six six seasons is a, is a pretty big run. Off with their heads. Yeah, like but fucking you've people had your People do go- love that final season. Do you watch though. BoJack? Uh, I've watched up to season five. Um, I haven't, uh, I haven't, uh, finished it off, but while I was watching it, look, that was one of my favorite, maybe uh, favorite, uh, shows out there. Mm. Um, I thought it was incredibly, um, incredibly good at, uh, going between absurdity and comedy and just like bone crushing depression. And yeah, I, I really appreciated that, uh, that series. Mm. Um, Not terribly upset that it's gone, though. You keen to watch a Witcher animated film? I kind of am. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot, kind of along the lines of Castlevania, but um, uh, maybe a little more gripping just because into the Witcher right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think this is really great. Like, I mean, from a um, from a strategy point of view, fuck, we've got like at least another year until season two. Let's just give the people something that's going to be quicker to turn out, and, mm. and we'll fill Clever. in maybe some gaps or 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 provide some original content. Mm. It's really fun. What time is it? It's trailer time. Oh my it's trailer God. time. Oh boy. Um, all right. So first on our trailer list is Vivarium. Am I saying that right? Vivarium. Mm-hmm. Vivarium. 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 Um, cool little uh, weird project, I'd say. Um, from uh, it's got uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots, the greatest Imogen name Poots. in Hollywood. It's so good, isn't so a it? A bit of an art of self defense uh, reunion, yeah. Yeah, in- and and very much in the same, I guess, vein of. No, this seems a little bit more absurd than art of mm. self defense, but certainly uh, as weird, or as as kind of off offbeat. Yeah, yeah, I thought the concept in this looked really interesting. Do you uh, feel like the trailer gave away a little bit too much? Yeah, potentially. I think that I was engaged enough before, so yeah. a couple of things happened. And I feel as though you know you're not reaching a wider audience at that point. Like I think you're either locked into this concept, you know, twenty seconds into the trailer, or you're not. I agree. I don't think the added of uh, the adding of, of a bunch of those other um, concepts is gonna like change the yeah. change anyone's mind. Yeah, trailers are a weird business. I would watch zero trailers if I didn't. Have to, I think. If it wasn't for this, yeah, this pretty monstrosity. Much. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a trailer whore. I'm a sucker for a good trailer. I am. Uh, I, I am. Although a... I, I am, I'm, I wildly enjoy 
watching a movie knowing next to nothing about it. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm exactly the same. And every time I've watched a film recently without watching any trailers, I've enjoyed it vastly more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why festival reviews are so much better because no one's seen any trailers or anything for them. Um, but this looks cool. It's definitely grabbed my attention. Yep. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. Yeah. I, I think uh, the visuals, it's looking, it's looking really different. It's got that Truman Show yeah. vibe to it. And it looks a lot darker than its kind of initial setup would make you expect. I was like, yeah. this is going to be a quaint little comedy. It looked a bit quirky, yeah. You know, like potentially you could swap in Matt Damon and it's like, ooh, it's... Feels um. Everyone <laughs> can quite... go see it at the matinee session yeah. this Sunday and it won't... When hurt anyone's feelings. Not only tonally dark, but also visually, like it just it, it feels very muted, mm. um, which is interesting. Um, it, however, having said that, this is one of those films that I feel like if I didn't like, I, I won't go out of my way to catch it. Um, so we'll see how we go. I'm pumped. Cool. All right, number two, we have the Lodge. Now I narrowly missed out seeing this film actually um at the underground sydney film festival is that the one we went to yeah the sydney underground um yeah i i watched it a few months ago there on my lonesome because you had to you had to bail yeah um and it was it was a very cool little movie i'd already seen a trailer by that point i think i'd heard all of the praise that this trailer throws at you bit by bit so um i wasn't in that situation where i was like super surprised by um the quality of it i think um if anything it probably just met expectations but i've probably grown to like it a bit more since i've seen it i'd like to sit down and watch it with you guys actually it certainly looks unnerving i'll give you that it's it's um it goes places that i think would be divisive which is very true of these directors previous film goodnight mummy um which is one of my favorite trailers of all time just by how spectacularly unnerving it is and I think the um, the the movie itself was maybe a bit of a letdown compared to that trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a slightly similar boat, maybe, but um, some outstanding sequences and amazing performances um, from the lead, especially, and from that uh, bloody kid from It. Yeah. yeah. I thought this looked fantastic. Mm. Looked like cinematography looked very sophisticated and well put together. Looked like an A twenty four style horror film yeah um it had that sort of like indie art house yeah uh vibe to it so it looks cool i think yeah i i don't want to be too hard on it it really was very good i think one maybe one of my only criticisms is it's one of those ones that doesn't um kind of get under your bones under your skin and stick with you afterwards i was because i was very creeped out in the movie and then once it's all resolved i was like all right cool that's great right Mm. doesn't have that spine tingling i like those ones that stick with you yeah me too (laughs) when you're sort of you're at home and you're like what was that (laughs) yeah i thought this this looks solid i wasn't sort of oh i've got to see this tomorrow Mm. i was like yeah if and when i see that i'm sure i'll enjoy it put it on the list yeah yeah cool numero toi speaking of unnerving uh swallow this is trailer mm. of the week for me mm. very very interesting premise um it uh, i mean it details a woman that that uh has an obsession with swallowing different objects um and it's very effective because uh, it goes you know starts up by swa- swallowing a marble 
but progresses to swallowing some more uncomfortable objects, but pins I think, and needles and stuff, and that's just mm. unpleasant. What was interesting about the presentation of this trailer and the angle they took, though, was that that element of the story came in very late. Mm. Early on in the trailer, it's about really focusing on this woman who, um, you know, has ended up becoming a housewife and, you know, maybe she's reevaluating some of the choices she made. It's like, is this exactly what I want to be doing? And, and the, 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 her husband's family is obviously comes from wealth and success and she feels alienated and, um, has awkward encounters with, uh, her mother-in-law and then it sort of brought in this this other angle and I was like, wow, we're, this looks fascinating. Looks like there's going to be a lot to unpack with this one. Um, and don't watch it without me, George, because I could see you just wincing um, just watching the trailer. So I yeah, really I need to see, to see the yeah, movie yeah. You with you. You were uncomfortable on <laughs> Dude, that. Dude, there's something about... Like, I'm not that bad with gore or like hacking up. It's more like little detail yeah. things <laughs> or like teeth. Yeah. Like yeah. I actually have too. nightmares about my teeth falling out or my yeah, grinding my teeth <laughs> so much that they fall out. Mm. There's a there's a difference between over the top gore mm. and like chalkboard of, like Yeah, there's that unnervingness of like a yeah. subtle or like uh, cutting in between the webbing of uh, your hands like <laughs> Oh god. That's no good. So yeah, this Thank looks, you for that. This looks really great. Similar kind of A24 um, vibe. The 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 trailer had a little caption halfway through. It's like yeah. kind of like a David Fincher film or something to that effect. Mm. Kind of looked like a David Fincher film. We're at such a high saturation of this indie horror stuff, uh, and I am just not complaining. <laughs> yeah, I love it, it all. all. <laughs> it all. Um, We've got some animated trailers as well. So first up, we've got uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars set to be released on Disney Plus, um, season seven. I'm not someone that has watched Clone Wars uh, almost exclusively. For me, it's been scenes that have come up on uh, YouTube. Um, I, I think I tried to get through a bit of it. Oh God, way back when, mm. um, almost when I first got Netflix. Um, and I was uh, I was kind of underwhelmed by it, to be honest. Yeah, I bought the whole Blu-ray box set of all of it years back. Um, I maybe got like halfway through it. It does it is a bit taxing. There's a lot of filler in it. But um, George, you had the best way of watching through it, I think. Yeah, there's there's a few different guides online showing all the arcs: the Darth Maul arc, the Mortis arc, the Mandalorian Dark Saber stuff. Mm. Um, so you can definitely pick and choose your battles with that. But so 60, 70, 80% of it is filler. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you, I'm with you guys there. But you're, you're keen for this one? I think, well, number one, the main thing that stuck out to me was the animation. It definitely looks like an improvement. Because mm. I really didn't like the animation of the Clone Wars. It wasn't amazing, no. But Especially as a follow-up to the 2D one. Because I know you didn't like it. What are, you, are you thinking there's an improvement here? Definitely, yeah. I mean, they've very much kept it in the same style. Um, which they have to do, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, just on more of a technical level, it, it looks pretty advanced yeah. from where it was. Just which is tweaks. Cool. Clearly yeah, they've yeah. put a lot of um, time and effort, money into it, uh, which is cool for something so fairly niche. Like this, is, this was a cancelled series that they're bringing back years later for another season. Um, I like that they're doing that for the, the, you know, this Disney Plus platform, which really they should be doing something more accessible. Um, but that's kind of cool. I'm keeping Disney Plus for this one. Yeah, good on you. 
so well I'm excited. Um, I when I was playing um a lot of Fallen Order recently, mm. and I was a bit more in more of a Star Wars mode. I I tried to get through some of um, uh, Rebels. Oh yes, watch about half an episode. <laughs> <laughs> cool <laughs> that's enough because <laughs> i heard so much about where that show goes and how good it gets and i just i just can't take the fucking plunge i think with rebels unlike clone wars it's just, it's more like it's less little arcs and it's more like sprinkled in throughout so obviously mm. each episode they have a little mission and whatnot but there's more little sprinklings throughout mm. so it means you kind of have to watch it all mm. listen tell me if i'm wrong guys I've i've watched about a season of rebels and this is just kind of observe and report as it were but yeah that's the vibe i got whilst clone wars is like here's the this episode and, and it's going to be the filler episode and they're going to be battle droids and and roger roger a lot of slapstick that's it <laughs> yeah. you know what one of the reasons that i don't really want to get involved in in the clone wars and, and rebels and all these kind of um offshoot tv shows is simply because they brought back darth maul it's a weird thing to be a stickler about, but um, but that's you, bro, and that's why we it love is very you. much me. Don't, that's why we love you. That's your but um, I, I just I, I don't like that. I, I I feel like they should just. It feels very. I mean, it does feel very Star Wars. You know, they found a character that people liked, and they decided to bring him back simply because they're too cowardly to create, you know, a, a different character or try and um, reimagine anything. But uh, I yeah I don't know. I just don't like that that decision um and it makes me uh makes me hesitant to dive in damn yeah boba fett did a doozy on you huh <laughs> coming out of that sarlacc pit <laughs> is that in canon actually i don't even know if that's in canon anymore no that, that would be um legends yeah at this point but they pick and choose they've brought so much stuff over but They've they've reinterpreted and remade it in different ways. Like they've done a lot of stuff in the comics and stuff. Like Thrawn, for example. Yeah, like who they've brought through in in different media and stuff. They haven't just said yeah. this book from Legends is canon. No, no, no. But they take a significant proportion. Yeah. Like, and it's not just like here's Thrawn. It's like it's his personality. It's where he lived. Yeah. This is his dad. This is his his little space cow that mm. he had yeah. with his father. They can kind of pick and choose what yeah. exists in this world. As far as I know, they haven't readdressed Boba after his death. I don't at think any, they at have. All. Yeah, probably just wait. Best. Just mm. wait. Yeah, a thousand years is almost up. He's gonna get out of that pit. Uh, and one more trailer. One more trailer. Um, another Disney Plus piece. Um, it's a short circuit. Um, experimental films. A Disney animation coming out with. I don't know. Home brand just a Pixar bunch of short shorts. films. Um, apparently, there's already 14 or so on Disney Plus, which is cool. They look nice. Um, yeah, they've released them straight away. Um, yeah, just another example of them doing something that is, I don't think, going to sell any subscriptions necessarily, but is something pretty cool for cool creators. Definitely, it's definitely. one of the it's one of the reasons that I I got rid of my subscription is that there wasn't that kind of filler content. You know, say what you will about a lot of the the content that Netflix puts out there, they put it out there mm. right and and there's always something happening there's always something new there's always you know they're good um, at that they are very good at that and uh disney plus has to be doubly so good at that because they can't rely on taking other people's properties and bringing it in it all has to be created by disney so they have to be creating content regularly to keep that fresh so um i i appreciate that they're putting it out there 
maybe, yeah, we had a bit more something I'll, I'll similar last year with the it. Pixar Spark shorts, I think they were called. Um, just a bunch of short films from Pixar from random creators, um, and a lot of them were really, really terrific. Um, so I yeah. might, might check some of these out too. Uh, they, they, I mean, they're always fun, aren't they? Remember that they're one with the stray kitten? Dude. <laughs> it's like the best thing it's I've ever seen. Why wasn't that in my shit. top 10? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's cap it off with question of the week. This one from me, circling back to just a couple of trailers back. Uh, after watching the trailer, are you interested in watching Star Wars The Clone Wars TV series? So, like, you don't have to. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to kind of reboot this so that you don't ever have to have watched anything. Mm. I don't think you are going to have to watch one to six seasons or whatever. Like, are you, are you guys keeping your Disney Plus subscription? Even if you haven't already unsubscribed? I've been meaning to unsubscribe, but I'm very lazy and forgetful, so I'll probably keep it. And you've unsubscribed? I unsubscribed. So Clone Wars is down the toilet for you? Um, it's not worth me resubscribing for, no. Um, it as, as I said, um, I'm not wildly interested in in this property um from the trailer it, it seems very epic from the trailer um but uh it also feels as though it's it's capping off a lot that has happened and this you know i i actually kind of disagree with you in in terms of this looks like its own thing that you could approach it without one to six this very much feels like the fans of one to six this is their you know Swan song, or yeah, or, maybe um, you're right. Maybe it's just because I've seen too much and I know all the characters, but yeah, you could very well be right. Yeah. I'd be curious to see which way it does fall because Filoni's such a continuity kind of guy. It'd be weird to see him kind of just start fresh on this. On this, it just seems thing. to have a maybe also the new liquor paint. It mm. looks like it's been updated, mm. it doesn't look like they've just gone, Hey, this has been sitting in the archives for four and a half years and we're just going to resurrect it. It looks like we've been actively developing this, working on it. So I'm curious to see where it lands. If you tell me, George, that it's worth a watch, I'll think about it. I don't (laughs) know um, if this is, I don't know if I'm going to go for this one. Like I I won't, you're either there or you're not with this one, I feel. Yeah, it, it, it just feels also really, really um, oddly low stakes to be going back in between episodes two and three. Um, like it, it's already bizarre that they have like six years worth of content in between those two yeah. those two movies. Like, God, we missed a lot, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of anticlimactic. You know, we already know that it's just going to end in a no offense, George, not amazing movie <laughs> what where the fuck? Um, where all the Jedi get gunned down by fucking CGI clone Dude, troopers. <laughs> all of sixty six, brutal shit right there. Just imagine if you were a character who had six years of amazing character development in this show, and then you had to just die by getting gunned down in a mushroom forest. <laughs> Would that suck? <laughs> you know, um, you know what? Order sixty six for all for as you know, emotional it was. Always <laughs> felt like it should be have more impact on me. It's pretty brutal, man. It it's is like it's savage, dude. I They're mean, all it's not going that down savage, one, dude. It's these are characters it's, you don't know. It's intense. Um, Kiati Mundi, are you serious? It's visceral. Um, did you see the quarter crew uh, did a um, reimagining I of Order Sixty Six that was uh, yeah. R rated. Oh, yeah. good. And there's one with the guy in the plane. Oh, get the kids! Yeah. Get the kids out of the airport! Oh God, no! They did some funny yeah. stuff on that one. Go check that out. It's pretty funny. Wait, what was what were we just talking about? I had something to add. What were we just talking Order Sixty Six not being as impactful as it should have been. Sixty Six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the you know when um, Mace Windu and Kit Fisto confront Palpatine. Yep. 
He's like, I am the Senate. That fight scene is the worst fight scene you'll ever see in your days. Gif Fisto is my favorite Jedi and he goes down. Like a I don't, jump. Does like he even get hit? He like, trips no, over and falls on his lightsaber. Ah. He doesn't even look like Palpatine stabs him. Yeah. It's so weirdly choreographed. It's bizarre. It's, it's, they've choreographed it for an old man that can't swing a lightsaber. <laughs> hey, they made it work with Christopher Lee, yeah. sort of. They replaced it. Uh, sort of. Yeah. It's good times. Good times, great classic hits. Guys, let us know. Are you going to be watching the Clone Wars TV series? And when all of this week's stories... Chime in. We love hearing from you guys. Hit us up with a question for next week. Go check out our Lighthouse review. Eat something healthy. Go for a run. And uh, catch a couple movies. And we'll see you next week. See you later, Connor. Bye. Bye, Benny. Bye, everybody. Bye.